Oh, thank you all for tuning in to the 478th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, Arrows, Daryl, D, Lane, as always, wherever you are, however you be listening, thank you for making me and this show part of your day, whether via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iRadio, SoundCloud, Pandora, whichever podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via. Being recorded from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, per the new usual, going to have a great podcast for all you guys today, going to have Kenny Simmons, getting expert for 247 Sports, to break down and preview the entire NFC conference, we go division by division, NFC East, West, South, North, and we give our top seven playoff teams, Got teams who we also have missing the cut, who are in the hunt, who we have in the NFC Championship game, and who we have winning the Super Bowl and representing the NFC in the big game. And before I get to that conversation with Kenny, I'm going to give my shameless plug as always. First time listener, thank you. But subscribe and follow right now. Also share this podcast with your friends and family, whether via Reddit threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Check on the description below, specifically if you use Spotify, everything timestamped. You can click on the timestamp and it will send you to whichever part of the podcast you would most like to listen to. Folks, it is for your convenience. Follow me on Twitter at nightshite underscore lane and also subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane. You will find that I post three five minute clips of this podcast right here as well as my syndicate show outside the shop. And lastly, if you have Apple or iTunes, Give me five stars and a great review. For some odd reason, right? If you don't like the pod, then don't say anything because you know what your mama told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And cut up next at the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to have Kenny Sim on the show. Cut up next at the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Kenny Sim with us, getting expert for 247 Sports to break down and preview the NFC Conference. Kenny, how you doing, my guy? Good, Daryl. Good, Daryl. This is, this is a conference I'm very interested in. You have the three, you know, I think a clear three with Green Bay, Tampa, L.A., what I want to see if there's this year is there a legitimate fourth team that could compete with those teams in the uh, NFC? So let's start with the NFC West. How do you see this division shaping out, Kenny? Hey, NFC West. This is a this is a division that has had you know. Some changes. They've had two quarter, two big quarterback changes, um, and then giving Kyler Murray a massive contract. So between all of that and having a Super Bowl chance in this division, it's one where there's going to be a lot of intrigue. Uh, you know, tr- traditionally. Rams, 49ers, Seahawks. These have been really well-run organizations. So there's, you know, these are traditionally been good games. So here, I got the Rams winning this division still. 
you know, they bring back their main infrastructure on a Super Bowl winning team last year. Ramsey, Donald, McVay, Stafford. Um, so it's it's a team that's really top heavy. Um, it's a team that has had their, I think, five coaches rated by that staff from various NFL teams. That McVay just continues to find, you know, really solid coaches and bring them in. You haven't seen too much of a drop off. So, you know, Kentucky offensive coordinator Liam Cohen comes in as the OC. Zach Robinson moves up to quarterbacks coach. They still have Raheem Morris, but they have to replace a lot of their uh, secondary assistants, uh, uh, position coaches on defense. But this is still a team that. You know, Sean McVay has continually fielded top 10 offenses. Uh, and so this is a group that I just see picking up right where they left off last year. There is a lot of stars on this team, but I think the depth here is underrated. I think Lesnick has done a really good job drafting in later rounds. You know, like an Ernest Jones who started in the Super Bowl. Uh, defensively, they get Will... Uh, Will uh, uh, Jordan Fuller back from Ohio State, who was out last year. They get Terrell Burgess back. Taylor Rapp back, who was a second-round pick. They lose Darius Williams as well, but they should be able to generate enough pass rush. And I'm really excited to see what Allen Robinson does. Uh, he, he's still a guy that puts up numbers just as a one-on-one contested catch guy. He has produced with really subpar quarterbacks. So... Between losing Odell Beckham and um, Robert Woods, I think uh, Allen Robinson is better than both of them. So they should come right back in and pick up where they left off. Second place, looking here, second place, I got the Niners here. You know, there is two quarterbacks that they have completely moved the team to Trey Lance, but I really want to talk about the other 51 guys on this roster. It is solid. It is solid in the front four. D'Amico Ryans is a up-and-coming star, potential head coach. They don't blitz a lot. They don't blitz a lot, but they're always among the leaders in in a pressure rate and sacks. And they have continually turned out defensive linemen. If you take a look at some defensive linemen that, that have moved on, like a DeForest Buckner, groomed in San Francisco. So you got Armstead, you get Boza. They're going to be able to dial up pressure, um, you know, despite their secondary lacking a little bit. That 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 pressure makes it really easy for for them. And and, and they've had that defensive structure for quite some time now. It's worked out for them. Uh, Kyle Shanahan. Now, I do believe that Kyle Shanahan will use enough run game concepts, pre-snap motion to help out Trey Lance with some of those big, big shot plays that Jimmy Garoppolo was not able to do. But I still have a question at quarterback, but really like what Kyle Shanahan has done here. And then third and fourth here, um, I got Arizona third. I got Arizona taking a pretty big step back. Um, You know, it's well documented over the years, really for three years now with Cliff Kingsbury, the second half drop off for him and Kyler Murray he has broken down now three straight years 
They lose Nuke Hopkins. AJ Green is still their top receiver um, for 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 right now. Uh, one one of their top receivers on the outside still. AJ Green, um, an aging offensive line. JJ Watt is there. He played seven games last year. So so between him and losing Chandler Jones, losing just over the years of Hassan Reddick, it's a big year for you know. Uh, uh, Z- Zayvon Collins and Simmons at linebacker. Their secondary is decent, but I don't think it's great though. And Marco Wilson, opposite Byron Murphy, could be a target that teams uh, throw throw to. But it's it, it's a questionable ride to really back your wagons to uh, Cliff Kingsbury. And then fourth, I got Seattle. So so Seattle. Is in the early stages of a complete rebuild. They have a lot of young rookies they're going to play. Potentially two rookie offensive tackles, Kenneth Walker, uh, you know, the Geno Smith, Drew Locke quarterback pairing. That tells me that they're really looking at having a top pick next year to take their quarterback and turn this around quickly. But with Keith, with 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 Pete Carroll and John Schneider, I think they could flip this rebuild around in a couple of years, but not this year, though. So for me, uh, NFC West winner, I'm going with the 49ers, and quite simply, Kenny, they have the best roster in all of football, in my opinion. The defensive line, let's start with there. It's scary. Nick Bosa, Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Eric Armstead. Top five defensive tackle in all of football. Guys like Samson Abukam had four and a half sacks last year. Cameron Kaminko uh, Tura, five and a half sacks last year. Uh, Keir Heider had eight and a half sacks in 2021. Drake Jackson, uh, rookie who was a five star recruit out of USC, highly touted, gets off the ball really well. And Javon Kinlaw, who's just waiting to break out. Long, powerful, explosive, good get off. If Kinlaw's healthy, this defensive line can go to another level. Level. They're deep, they can rotate six, seven guys. Linebacking core Warner, Greenlaw, Al Shahir. Uh, multiple linebackers who can run, get the ball, take on guards in the run game, cover, physical, good tacklers, and then at, at corner and, and at safety. It's solid. You have Traverius Ward, uh, who's pretty good. Uh, Emmanuel Moosley, he's okay. Like, they play the Seattle scheme. They don't ask their corners. They do a whole lot. Uh, they just play very solid, fundamentally sound football at, at that spot. And then you mentioned Ryans, D'Amico Ryans. Uh, fantastic defensive coordinator. He did a great job foiling Aaron Rodgers, the MVP of the league in the divisional round of the playoffs last year. You get to the offense. Top 10 offensive line headlined by Trent Williams, the best tackle in all of football. The running backs, they go two to three deep with guys like Elijah Mitchell there. Uh, tight end, Kittle, top three tight end of the game. The weapons, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, who has reportedly found a massive connection with Trey Lance and Camp. Rashad Jennings, who's a 6'3 red zone threat. So the Niners, they're going to be able to do everything. They're going to be able to run the ball. They're going to do it through the air. They're going to have a great defense. It's just a matter of Trey Lance. Trey Lance just has to not be awful. Kenny, I liken it to this. It's like when you have a kid. He's 16. You give him the keys to the car. All you're telling him to do, Kenny, is not drink and drive. Don't smoke weed on the road. That's all you're telling him to do. You're giving him the Porsche. That's all you're telling him to do, Kenny. Just don't be an idiot on the road. Just don't break and drive. It's not that hard, Kenny. 
all it's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. It's like that those ghost classes at Florida State they were taking. All we're asking you to do is show up and then leave two minutes later and just write your name that you were here. You don't actually have to do a damn thing. That, that that's what it is. <laughs> that's really what it is, Kitty. It's impossible to mess this up. Also, the Niners, they swept the Rams last year. The Niners have historically done well with Kyle Shanahan against Sean McVay. I think the physical nature of how the Niners play football always foils the Rams. I think the Niners have the speed to match up with the Rams, but they have a little bit more beefiness, a little bit more manpower, physicality, particularly in the trenches where they're able to move the Rams uh, players around up front. So... I have the Niners, and by the way, Trey Lance, I don't know if he can pass the ball, but I do know they're going to do a lot of QB design run stuff with him, and he adds an extra blocker in the run game. That is dangerous. Remember what the Shanahan's did with RG3 about a decade ago in Washington. Then we get to the Rams, my number two team in the division. Matthew Stafford, top 10 quarterback. Aaron Donald, one of the best players in all of football. Cooper Cup, top five wide receiver. Jalen Ramsey. But then when you start looking at it, they're not that deep. They're not that deep, and it only takes one guy to get hurt. To where this season could really be foiled also. I want to say this. Look out for Matthew Stafford and the elbow issues he's been having. And the throwing issues where he's they've been having to rest him at camp. That scares me. I think we might see a uh, maybe a stretch during the season where we see him get rested. And we know McVay's kind of big about resting guys anyway. But rest them similarly to how you see a pitcher get rested in Major League Baseball. Don't be shocked if that happens at some point in the season. That's something I'm really looking out for. But... And also, Cam Akers. Everybody's declaring Cam Akers and thinks he's going to be some 1,000-yard back. I'm not so sure about that. I kind of want to see that marinate a little bit. Also, I want to see how Allen Robinson comes back and how he looks. So there's some questions for me when it comes to the Rams. Now, yes, they're defending Super Bowl champions. I still think they'll be a 10-win team. But I have them finishing second to the Niners. At three, I have Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. You mentioned it right. Just the dumpster fire. Nobody trusts Cliff. Uh, they're relying on a 33-year-old J.J. Watt to turn back the clock to about a decade ago when he was the best player in football. And that's not going to happen. DeAndre Hopkins is suspended. Hollywood Brown is having DUIs. Uh, Kyler doesn't watch film. Uh, the offensive line's a joke. The linebackers have underperformed in Isaiah Simmons and uh, Zayvon Collins. And the secondary's suspect. And there's no leadership up top. So... The Cardinals could actually finish fourth in this division. I wouldn't be shocked. The Cardinals are in for a crash down from grace. Then at four, I have the Seahawks. They will be rebuilding. Uh, Jamal Adams, uh, Quadre Diggs. I think they have a good safety duo there. Watch out for Tyron Woolen. Uh, Wooden out of uh, UTSA, I think. 6'3", 6'4", corner. You really liked him coming out of the draft. Can he run? Ran a 4-2-6, I believe. Watch him. They say he has been excelling at camp and already has the starting corner spot locked down in Seattle. So that will be interesting to watch. Also, the Seattle's uh, quarterback situation is not good with Geno Smith and Drew Locke, and the offensive line is putrid. Yeah, that's another thing, too. I mentioned the, the uh, Seahawks with a couple of rookies at offensive tackle. They might actually be uh, playing the majority of the time two rookies at corner as well with, with Woolen and Kobe Bryant. So it's a team that needed it's it's a team that was closer to finishing last than finishing in first. So this is the early stage of the rebuild, and they needed to get younger. So next, let's go to the AFC North. 
Kenny, how do you see this division playing out? Yeah, this is a division. This is a uh, this is a division where I could see, you know, things could see things flipping from where uh, where the majority of people think it will uh, become. Uh, you know, Packers losing Devontae Adams, new coach and GM in Minnesota. Detroit building Bears new GM new coach I got the Packers here finishing one Green Bay Packers similarly to the Chiefs they lose Devontae Adams but again you know how often do you see a star receiver leave a team and you know, it really turns out well for them. It's not always the case. So they lose Devontae Adams, but Green Bay has, you know, between Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, Randall Cobb, Lazard, they're going to be another team, and, and Aaron Jones in the passing game, they're going to be another team that they're, they're going to spread it around, and that's a scary combination when a defense can't key in on an area of the field or, air, or, or uh, key in on a player, and Aaron Rodgers could sit back there and just, you know, deliver the football where, wherever the defense um, allows it. Just take what the defense gives you. You know, Aaron Rodgers, what, I think over the last two years, he has over 80 touchdown passes and nine interceptions. Are you kidding me? So between that... AJ Dillon, he's poised for a big, a big step up. Um, you could see him take over the lead back role, a big physical running back that you're not going to want to tackle in the cold in December. Aaron Jones moves more to that pass catching role. Offensive line, you know, in this in this system where where movement is critical, uh, they were able to keep their offensive line coach Adam Stenovich who moves to offensive coordinator, but they still keep that uh, O-line, O-line coach together, and they have routinely turned out really good um, line play in front of Eric Rodgers. They they found some gems, too, in the draft. He, you know, even like a, a Josh Myers, Eldon Jenkins, uh, those type of guys. John Runyon starts for them, the son of John Runyon, who played for the Eagles. All those guys are day two and day, day three picks. Even Zach Tom of Wake Forest this year as a rookie. I want to talk about this defense. This defense last year. It's special, Kenny. Yeah. Oh, what's that? It's special. Yeah. They returned a defense that was ninth last year, 10th in passing, third in turnover differential. I'm looking through this team, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of really solid players, not a lot of holes. So Kenny Clark, anchors that team on the lines. Devontae Wyatt was a first-round pick. He joins them. So they got two first-round picks at the tackle position. Outside, they return Preston Smith, who is a double-digit sack guy, along with Rashawn Gary, who is a borderline redshift player, a double-digit sack guy. He was unblockable last year. Devontae Campbell, all-pro. He is an all-pro at linebacker. And then the secondary. The secondary returns blue shipper 
Jahir Alexander off a contract extension. So they have him and Eric Stokes. Secondary, really underrated with Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. That was one of the reasons why they had 18 interceptions last year. Um, So, point being is this is going to be one of the top defenses that Aaron Rodgers will ever have. And so they're they, they are my pick here to win the division. Now, I have a question. Do you think this defense is going to be the best in the NFL this year? It has a chance. Could this... It has a chance. Does this... De- I, yeah, so with defense, is tough because defense, it's, it's hard to predict year to year, and it also is uh, largely dependent on um, offensive opponents and opposing quarterbacks you face. <laughs> But they should be right among the top in the league in terms of, you know, passing defense, sacks, key statistics like that. You know, they play, you know, almost a quarter of their games against golf and fields. So it, it does have a chance, you know, I think in multiple, you know, key numbers to be top five, though. Do you think by the end of this year, if everything goes right for this defense, they have the potential to be looked at like a Denver Broncos defense in 2013? a uh, Seahawks defense in 2012. Like, you think this defense has a Niners defense a few years ago uh, in 2019. Does this defense have that type of ability? Definitely. Definitely. And and, and they got a pool of defensive linemen they can rotate. Their secondary is long and fast and can cover. They got cover linebackers. Second year in the system. But between Preston Smith and Gary on the outside, and still some guys that can rush the passer on the inside, like Kenny Clark, between that pass rush and that coverage unit, it's it's definitely a team. It's definitely a team that could, you know, win games with their defense, especially with uh, the Packers that have traditionally been a very efficient offensive team. With Aaron Rodgers, you know, between running the football. And him completing 70% of the passes, they just slowly move down the field. The clock runs. So, you know, especially if they play slow, that defense is not on the field a lot. You can't can't give up points if you're not on the field. So they can have it easy and they can be playing with the lead. So there's a lot of a lot of areas where um, a lot a lot of favorable areas the Green Bay defense has this year. So, for me, I agree with you as well. I have Green Bay finishing number one in this division. Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback in this division, back-to-back league MVP. The offensive line, it's top ten, borderline top five. Also, let's remember David Bakhtiari is back. A dude who's going to be chugging beers with Aaron Rodgers if they're winning on a lot of Sunday nights, Kenny. Uh, Romeo Dobbs. I think he could have a very big breakout year and become the number one that Aaron Rodgers has needed since Devontae Adams left town. Then you go to the defense, like you mentioned it. Rashawn Gary, my pick to win Defensive Player of the Year. I'm going to say it right now. I think Rashawn Gary is going to have a major, major, big-time year at the edge spot. Kenny Clark, one of the best interior defensive linemen in the NFL. Dean Lowry, an underrated guy. Five sacks last year. Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia, who's a menace. Uh, Kingsley Enbar out of South Carolina, who I love coming out of the draft process. Jaron Reed, who's a pretty good defensive lineman as well. Princeton Smith, 
uh, bookend, 10-plus sack-a-year guy. Then you go to linebacker, Devondre Campbell, 100 tackles last year, all-pro. Quay Walker, uh, fantastic player out of Georgia, can cover and can run. Fabulous. So we're talking right now, top 10 D-line, top 10 linebacking corps, and then the secondary, top 5 secondary, Rasul Douglas, Adrian Amos, Eric Stokes, Jair Alexander, Dontrell Savage. And a potential cornerback shutdown tandem of Stokes and Jair. Like, you have three all-pro caliber guys at each level of the defense and depth to spare. This defense is going to be special, Kenny. And look at their schedule, too. Look at their uh, schedule here and, you know, some of the quarterbacks they play. I got them playing uh, 12 of their games against bottom-half quarterbacks as well. So this could be a team. They do draw Tampa and the Rams out of their respective divisions, but this is a team that they've won 13 games three straight years with Matt LaFleur. I got them at 12.75 wins. I'll round that back up to 13. And then rounding out the division. Rounding out the division, got Minnesota in second. Got them just just at that eight win mark. Uh, they do have a first year coach in Kevin O'Connell. They have really good weapons between Thielen and Osborne, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, um, who, who probably is my pick to lead the league in receiving yards this year. But they got Kirk Cousins. Uh, he, you know, Kirk Cousins has had his share of uh, troubles in primetime games against Green Bay. Um, so between, you know, drawing drawing Green Bay and Philadelphia, Buffalo on the road, uh, even Detroit is going to be frisky. Green, Green Bay on the road to end the season. I get them at eight wins. Um, secondary, a little young. They got some players in Lewis scene, um, but some, some questions – with a young secondary, and, you know, they got Zadarius Smith from Green Bay. He was a little banged up over the years, so, you know, I don't think they have a direct path like the Packers pass rush to win. So there are some question marks, uh, but as a team moving more to an offensive approach, so if they have more early down passing, and they throw it more, where Mike Zimmer wanted to slow it down and run it more, especially second and tens, early downs. Vikings could be, you know, a team where I just see their ceiling being a, uh, you know, 28, 29 point per game offense and being in a, a, a top five scoring offense. And third, I got Detroit. I got them almost just slightly below Minnesota. Uh, this is a team... I like what they're doing in the trenches. I do believe they have a top five offensive line. And they got some players at the skill positions. I'm around St. Brown caught 90 balls last year, and he really came out in the second half of the year. That's a good indication for a second-year jump. Hawkinson and Swift, you take a look at those top three, it's not bad. Um, they should be able to generate more pressure with Zach Pascal and Aiden Hutchinson. They, they were 30th in sacks last year. 
They get Jeffrey Okuda back. Um, this is a big year for him in year three. And so, you know, they're building something. And I really like what they have at the offensive line spot. Um, so I have them making a jump, you know, from last year. What they won. They won three games. I got them winning seven games this year. I got a plus four jump. And then the Bears. You know, after doing a roster analysis, this is one of, you know, one of the bottom two or three rosters in the NFL. So Justin Fields, you know, I, it's, it's, it's kind of a counterintuitive approach on getting the quarterback first, then kind of breaking down the team and rebuilding versus the other way. That's something the uh, Bears are trying to do. He's behind an offensive line that's going to be eight, uh, going to be giving up a lot of pressure this year. So they're going to have to get Justin Fields out on the run, uh, making it difficult with them. They do have Komet and Mooney, and Mooney came on and had a nice rapport with Fields. But, you know, whether their third or second receiver is Brian Pringle, he's more of a number four. Um, and, and, and their defense is one where not only have they – gotten rid of like Hakeem Hicks and Khalil Mack but they're also transitioning from a base 30 front into a 40 front so that's going to take some time and not sure how long Roquan Smith is going to be on the team um, so you know the roster is uh, not very good and in transition first year coach I do like some of their defensive backs they got. Tyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker, but they're playing from behind. Team's not going to be passing the ball that much on them. So, um, could be here a tough year for Chicago. Yeah, so for me at two, I'm going with the Vikings. The Vikings have, this side of Cincinnati, maybe the deadliest trio of receivers in the NFL. K.J. Osborne, who had seven touchdowns last year, very good number three wide receiver. Adam Thielen, over 1,000 yards last year. And Justin Jefferson, uh, top three, top four wide receiver in all of football. Then you go to a Irv Smith, who I think could have a very big year. I think he's a top 15 tight end of the game, really athletic, and get to his spots, good yards after catch guy. Watch out for Christian Darashaw on the offensive line, potentially taking a big step. In his second year of playing football, big offensive tackle, can step up in the run game, has a really good anchor, uh, and a big guy and really tough to get around for all those edge rushers. Uh, and Dalvin Cook, who is a top five running back in the game. So there's a lot for Kevin O'Connell to work with. Uh, they have are loaded in terms of their offensive weaponry. Then you go to the defense. The big question here is Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter. If both those guys can be healthy, which they have not been, uh, they're both injury risks, but if they can be healthy, we're talking about two great bookend edge rushers. If you get the lead with this offense and then you let those two guys go hunt and get the quarterback, things could be an issue. Now, and maybe potentially they could challenge Green Bay, but if those guys aren't healthy, then this offense, this defense, excuse me, is going to really deteriorate. You also have to look at, at the linebacker spot, Michael Kendricks, uh, Jordan Hicks, who they got out of... Uh, Arizona are both very good linebackers who can cover and play the run. They're both what I like to call three-down linebackers. Uh, you can have them on the field for the whole game. They've worked to improve the interior of their defensive line with guys like Delvin Tomlinson and uh, Harrison Phillips, who's a big run stuffer, used to play for Buffalo. And then the secondary, it's Young. Uh, 
Andrew Booth, Lewis Sen, how do those guys develop? And then they have some old uh, rangy veterans, Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith. So that will be interesting to see. Minnesota has the potential to have a top 10 defense, but whether all those guys stay healthy and they can piece it all together will be another question. Uh, number three, I have Detroit, like you said, six, seven wins. Dan Campbell, you got to love his speeches on Hard Knocks. He is a man among men, and he's what I call a leader of men. You know his dudes will follow him. Kenny, they said when the pads came out, the offensive line dominated. This team will be able to physically exert their will on every opponent. I think they're going to use DeAndre Swift in the running game a lot and in the passing game as well. Amon Ross St. Brown, one of the most underrated young wide receivers in the game. Just watch out, folks, when Jamison Williamson out of Alabama returns as well. T.J. Hawkerson is a good young tight end, too. Do not sleep on this Detroit Titans offense. Also, Jared Goff, not a great player, but he's a solid point man. Can get the ball to the guys who need to get the ball. Things are going to be simple, and you're going to have a lot of talented dudes to get the ball on who can make plays. I think the question is their defense. I think their defense in a lot of areas isn't where it needs to be, even though they have the number two overall pick uh, in this past NFL draft, Aiden Hutchinson. But besides that, I don't know what much else there is. Jeff Akut has also been a bit of a disappointment. Uh, and then fourth, the Bears. They've left Justin Fields out to hang and dry. The only receiving option is Darnell Mooney. Uh, Dave Montgomery's a solid running back. Nothing special. The offensive line is awful. Uh, I question what the play calling will be. There is question marks all around the defense. We'll see how Matt Eberflus can patch it up in his first year and how much work he can do with the defense. Their best player, Roquan Smith, doesn't even want to be there. So a lot of issues for the Bears. One note here, one nugget to know is last year the Lions were the number one team against the spread. They were 11-6 and six against the spread in the regular season. So that means they were playing a lot of close games, a lot closer games than Vegas thought. And they, they won only two of nine games decided by one possession. So half their games decided by a possession, they only won two of those. If that gets flipped, you know, 50-50 even, if they could go five wins in that, right off the bat, that could be, you know, six wins right there. Um, just, just you know, taking that they play half the games by one score again, and they end up winning half those 50-50 contests. So, they're, 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 they're close. They were close last year. Um, so, that's definitely... A team I think has a big a big ceiling floor in this division. So be interested to see what the Lions do. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then kind of next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to continue talking about the NFC and all the divisions for our previews. Kind of next at the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Instantaneously, in fact, folks. And as an added bonus for week one, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 and any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. 
Call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN and get $200 in free bets instantly when you get a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Sports.com. We still have Kenny Sim with us, scouting expert for 247 Sports to break down and preview every division in the NFC. And now we start with the NFC South. Tampa Bay got the Saints without Sean Payton, Baker Mayfield to the Panthers, and Atlanta, they got Marcus Mariota. What do you see happening in this division, Kenny? Super Bowl team. So, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, 
staples at the cornerback room. Uh, Sean Murphy bunting, a feisty guy at nickel as well, and Antron Winfield, borderline Pro Bowl player. He, he, he actually did make the Pro Bowl last year. Uh, but, but this is an offense that, you know, Bruce Arians was involved, but, you know, I think maybe Tom Brady has a better report, Byron Lethwich. And with returning all those guys, I don't think they miss a beat on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, having a quarterback in a second go-around is beneficial for Todd Bowles. And so they do have a, uh, they do have a difficult schedule. So they do, um, they avoid the NFC East this year, but they got to play at Dallas. And I believe they're, um, I believe they're, uh, crossover division is the NFC West. So they draw that full division, but still a team that at the end of the day, I think comes back and they win the division at about 11 games. Yeah. I and agree. I moved it down from 11 games. I moved it down from 11 games from where it was. You know, they, they were a wild card two years ago. Last year, what, last last year they won, they won uh, 13 games. Moved it down a little bit. Um, just, you know, slight concern with moving, um, you know, some of that, some of the injuries that have taken place right in front of Tom Brady in the interior of that offensive line. Yeah, I would agree with you. I see the Bucks being a 10-11 to 11 win team. I don't think they'll be as good as they were the last few years. Uh, it starts up front, interior, Obviously, losing Ryan Jensen, that's a big, massive loss. They've had some other injuries on the offensive line. Obviously, they're still good with guys like Shaq Mason, Tristan Morris, one of the best tackles in all of football. The receiving room is deep as hell, Kenny. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, Julio Jones, Scotty Miller, just a bunch of guys. Uh, Cyril Grayson, Cameron Brait, uh Brashad Pierman, they just have a bunch of guys that they can roll out there at the receiver position. Every week, there's going to be somebody else. It doesn't matter with injuries or anything. They'll find guys who can give you production at that position. The running game should be solid with Leonard Fournette. Uh, though I do question with the interior of the offensive line how much movement they can get uh, in between the tackles when they start running the football. And what went on with Brady does concern me a little bit. I don't know how much to make of it, but I think it's something. I don't think it's just nothing when you're starting quarterback goes AWOL because of reportedly marital issues. I don't know, but I mean, it's, it's not normal what's going on. I guess Tom Brady isn't in a normal situation being the sports messiah that he is, but uh, it does make things a little bit differently, and I'm sure it does make things harder for a guy like Todd Bowles. It is hard stuff to deal with when you're the coach and your quarterback can just leave, and your quarterback has the authority to just leave. Uh, so it can be a little bit of a confusing situation for everyone involved. You get to the defense. Akeem Hicks from Chicago is going to be a big addition on the defensive line. Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett, Joe Tyron. Uh, I think he should be special as well. Remember, they brought him in. He's going to replace Jason Pierre-Paul linebackers, like you said. Levante David, Devin White, the secondary, Jamal Dean, Carlton Davis, Antonio Winfield. So they should be fine as long as everybody's healthy. And they'll be one of the most physically talented teams in the NFL. Definitely agree with that. Definitely agree with that. And so, the way I see the remainder of this division shaking out, second here, um, second here, I got the Panthers. I got the Panthers at number two. And 
you know, I take a look at this team and, you know, they, they got better at quarterback with Baker Mayfield, who, when healthy, 2020, was a top eight quarterback. And this team is going all in with Baker Mayfield and Matt Rule in a, in a season that both they really need this year. They returned Christian McCaffrey, who has played 10 games in the last two years. But when healthy, he is one of the most dynamic offensive players in the game. Um, you know, the, the percentage of games he's played and games with 100 total yards is extremely high. And so that is such a safety net for whoever plays quarterback with McCaffrey. Their offensive line, they have mixed and match. However, they have Akeem Aquanu. They got Austin Corbett, who started for the Rams in the Super Bowl, and Taylor Moten, who is not bad. Weapons? They got guys who can win one-on-one. I think D.J. Moore is primed for a big year. He's had, what, about, he's had about three of the last four years, 1,000 yards uh, in the last year. Look, 93 catches last year. I think he's poised for his top top year. Uh, Robbie Anderson, Terrence Marshall can win one-on-one. Tommy Tremble is a fast guy at tight end. So they got some pieces. Now, their defense last year was second in total defense. Uh, fourth against the pass. However, their offense put them in some bad spots. But they got they got some players here. They 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 got two first round picks on the defensive line. Brian Burns should be the next edge rusher that gets paid, along with Nick Bosa. Their linebackers are running chase. I even consider their safety Jeremy Chin, who was second in in defensive rookie of the year two years ago. He, I, I mean, even he could fill in. And, and, and play some of that dime linebacker spot. Play play linebacker and sub package against pass happy teams like Tampa and uh New and New Orleans. Uh big big question mark here is JC Horn returning from injury. Limited games last year, early signs, kid was unbelievable. Now he tore his Achilles and that and that and that's a big loss. And that's a big injury to overcome. But he could be a shutdown corner. And so between that and, you know, they they draw – take a look at their schedule. So so they draw the Giants out of the NFC East as their game um, along with – along with uh, – along with Detroit in the NFC North. So they are primed – for a year where they got some players, you know, in a in, in a division that I think is, uh, you know, two through four is up in the air. Third, I got the Saints. Now, the Saints have a really good roster, um, but I think a lot of people studying the team are kind of just rubber stamping Sean Payton for Dennis Allen, Drew Brees for Jameis Winston. And remember, Dennis Allen, yes, defensive coordinator, unbelievable as defensive coordinator. 
They got two co-core coordinators this year on defense, so I that would lead me to think I don't I I don't know if Dennis Allen's calling the plays, but he he not, he not moves to the head coach role. He'll be involved in the game plan though. Oh yeah, he'll be involved. Eight and twenty-eight as a head coach. So with that and Jameis Winston returning now, small sample size, five and two last year. However, he will turn the ball over, which that's something that that New Orleans does not do a lot in the past. Um, so, with that, I think that could be some question marks. And then last is Atlanta. Atlanta is in the middle of a massive rebuild. I do think they might have the worst roster in the league. They got a decent start with A.J. Terrell, Kyle Pitts, Grady Jarrett. That's three. They got to get a lot more players, though. So, you, you know, eventually they want to take a look at Desmond Ritter. Uh, Drake London is their top receiver. Did miss a couple of games in the preseason with a knee. So, they really need him and Pitts. And without that, I mean, there's not a lot to work with. Their defense is really young. It's in the middle of a massive rebuild. So, you know, between Evacetti, Troy Anderson, um, you know, some young guys that they took in the draft that they're going to want to take a look at. Um, it's, 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 It's a defense that doesn't apply a lot of pressure. And so, you know, between all of that, and losing, you know, losing a stalwart like Matt Ryan, that could be a big step back for them. But they're in the uh, early stages of a big rebuild. So for me, the way I have the rest of this division finishing off is Saints at two, Panthers at three, Falcons at four. So let me start with the Saints. Uh, Jameis is a, on a, on his best day, top 20 QB. He really has top 10 talent if we're going to talk about his talent. Uh I think he should be good enough. Yes, he, he's going to turn the ball over more than Drew Brees ever did, but he's going to give you a lot more plays in the passing game than Drew Brees, was, Drew Brees was doing at the end of his career. Look at the weapons. Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Marquise Galloway. Like, those are dudes. They have a bunch of dudes. They have a bunch of weapons. Then you look at the O-line. It's pretty good. It's probably the second-best offensive line of the division, Uh Headlined by Trevor Penning, a, a good young rookie. Uh, I know he's been getting in a lot of fights in camp. There's been some questions about the pass protection, but I think he's going to be a nasty guy in the run game. There's some other guys who can block as well. So I think the Saints are going to be pretty good and be able to impose their will on teams. You look at the D-line, Cam Jordan, still top 10 edge in the NFL. Marquise Davenport, nine sacks last year. Uh, David Arminetta, uh in the interior of the D- defensive line. And then their secondary. Arguably, Kenny, the best secondary in the NFL. Tyron Matthew, Marcus May, they just traded C.J. Gardner-Johnson because they have so much depth. Marcus Lattimore, Paulson Adebo. And then you look at the backups. P.J. Williams, Daniel Sorensen, Justin Evans, uh, Alano Taylor, Bradley Groby. They have tons of dudes in the secondary where they can mix and match whether people get hurt or not. So they're going to cause you problems. And this is a passing league, and I think you're going to struggle to pass. I think there's going to be a lot of tight coverage and not a lot of space. And then you have linebackers. Pete Warner, who I think is a good young linebacker, and Demario Davis, top three linebacker in the game. Uh, fantastic football player. So with all that, the Saints, they have the second best roster 
in the NFC South, in my opinion. It's not particularly close. And in some positions, they're just outright better than the Bucs. Like, if you were to switch quarterbacks, if you put Tom Brady on the Bucs and you put Jameis Winston, excuse me, Tom Brady on the Saints and put Jameis Winston back with the Bucs, we're talking about the Saints being a 12-1 team. And let's not also forget this. The Saints have swept the Buccaneers the last two years. So they match up well uh, with the Buccaneers. Then you get to the Panthers. I love everything about Baker Mayfield. I think he can be a top 15 quarterback for them, give him that production. But let's be real. Christian McCaffrey's never healthy. DJ Moore is also small. I wonder how healthy DJ Moore can continuously stay. The offensive line is not good at all. They have Akeem Aquanu, who they got out of NC State, who we both liked. But, if, again, if you're relying on rookies to just be the anchor, be the best player on the team, like that's not a recipe for success. Uh Matt Rule is a joke. Let's be honest. He should go back to Temple, go back to Baylor. He's a college football coach, not an NFL coach. The defense is nice, and particularly in the uh, defensive line. You have Brian Burns, Derek Brown, Yeter Grossmodos. We need a big year from him. Shaq Thompson uh, is good. Uh, Frank Love, uh, good coverage linebacker. So they have some dudes in the front seven, but you probably need to see a little bit more before we can say they can take that next step. And the secondary, Jeremy Chen. Pretty good. PFF had him as a top four matchup slot corner last year. J.C. Horn. How does he come back from his ACL? Let's remember, he's a corner. A lot of cutting. Cutting, backpedaling, quick reaction time. A lot of cutting and planting on that knee. How quickly does he get back up to full speed? And T.J. Henderson, he's been a bust. He was a bust in Jacksonville. Wasn't particularly great, right? So let's see what he does this year. Let's see what he does this year. Uh, so that would be my question. There's a few question marks with the Panthers where I can't go all in on them be, uh, being better than the Saints. I think the Saints have less question marks. And then you get to the Falcons. This is a 2-3-1 football team. Listen, what do they have? Marcus Peter, Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter, and a bag of chips? Okay, maybe not just a bag of chips. Kyle Pitts is really good. Drake London, pretty good. Cordell Patterson, if you're going to rely on him to do what he did last year, being this all-purpose guy, that's a... You got a whole other thing coming. Have some good guys in the secondary like A.J. Terrell, Casey Hayward, Eric Harris. So I think they should be fine there, but this is a rebuilding team. Yeah, so you take a look at that. You take a look at that division. It's 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 a division that is still long-term up in the air and you know, I don't know if any of the 2023 quarterbacks on these teams are currently on the rosters. You know, Brady, Winston, Mayfield, Mariota, all four starting week one this year. I'm not sure if any of them are starting week one of 2023. So... It's a division in a little bit of transition um, that could be looking different in a couple of years. So now let's go to the NFC East. Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, no longer the football team. And you have the Giants. How do you see this division playing out, Kenny? Now take a look at this division here. It's, it's, a, it's a division that has two teams. Gap, two teams. Uh, my my division winner this year uh, is is the Philadelphia Eagles, which 
is a team last year that they've improved compared to uh, the previous year. So they add A.J. Brown, Zach Pascal, who is with Nick Sirianni in Indianapolis, Hassan Reddick. They were able to get James Bradbury, who uh, two, two years ago led the NFL in PBUs. They got him for nothing. And so they really had an influx of talent on their team. They have a uh, they have a young up and coming defensive coordinator in Jonathan Gannon. They're able to play a lot of complex zones in the back, and um, they 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 really turn their team over to Jalen Hurts in the second half of the year, going to a lot of those run concepts that he did up at Oklahoma this year in the passing game with Brown. Second year Devontae Smith and Goder. That's as good as a big three in the pass game as you can get. Um, they also play second place schedule as well. Second, I have the Dallas Cowboys here. And this is a team where, you know, compared to the Eagles, I don't think they've had as good as an offseason as. Um, the Eagles. They play a first-place schedule. They lose Amari Cooper. James Washington is hurt. So now all of a sudden they have C.D. Lamb and a question mark at the other receiver spot. I like Jalen Tolbert a lot, but it's a big ask for a third-round pick rookie receiver to step in and, and produce as a, as a, a bonafide number two. Um, offensive line has gotten a little older over the years. I Rivera, you 
take a look at Ron Rivera, barely over 500 as a coach. So there's some things I like. I like Jahan Dotson at receiver. I like McLaurin at receiver. Um, they're they're, they're going to end up playing Antonio Gibson a lot at running back with the with, with the Brian Rob, Robinson injury. However, they have Carson Wentz, uh, not particularly a fan of. Eventually, I do think they're going to want to get a look at uh, Sam Howell. Chase Young starts the season on Pup. And then fourth, I got the Giants. So things with the Giants I like is love Brian Dable, um, most pass-happy coach in the NFL last year especially early down passing with Josh Allen. So by bringing that to the Giants, that could be, you know, an, an advantage that they did not have last year with Jason Garrett, Freddie Kitchens, Joe Judge, all in that offensive room. Brian Dable is a guy that knows how to develop quarterbacks, comes from a, from a great pedigree, and I like how they're set up. They also needed to clean up their salary cap. They were way over the cap. Um, even still, they still got veterans like uh, Kenny Galladay. That signing has proven to be so, so chronic to their team. Um, so they're and, and you know it's 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 a team in a rebuild. Point being, they take Rondo Robinson in the second round. They really wanted Tony to be that guy, uh, but he was taken by a different regime. I do think Saquon Barkley in a contract year is going to have a monster year this year. Um, and then, you know, they're solid in the trenches as well. Uh, but, but Don Wink Martindale, their defensive coordinator, he wants to heat it up and they do not have the corners for that defense. So they could be giving up some big plays. Um, and you know, not having that fifth year option picked up, kind of seeing how teams operate Dable and Joe Shane are going to want their own quarterback. I do think this is the last year of Daniel Jones. They're not tied to him, so I wonder if he starts off poorly. Do they go to Tyrod Taylor to try to win some games um, as well? So probably the worst quarterback in their division. So I have them coming in uh, fourth place here. And I got the Giants with about – I got them at six wins. So for me, I go Eagles one. Cowboys 2, Giants 3, Commanders 4. And I have the Eagles by far number 1. I have the Eagles at 11-12 wins. Uh, this The Eagles, to me, have a top 5 roster in the NFL. Jalen Hurts, not a great passer of the football, but I know one thing for sure. He could sure as hell damn run that damn football. Uh, the Eagles will have a top 5 rushing attack in the NFL. Their offensive line is top 5. Uh, headlined by guys like Landon Dickerson, uh, Jason Kelsey, Jordan Malta, Lane Johnson, Isaac Similio, big body guys, athletic, get fire off the ball. They will be dominant. The weapons, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, uh, a bunch of different guys that they can use. And then you go to the defensive line, Fletcher Cox. Javon Hargrave, seven and a half sacks last year. Derek Barnett, Hassan Riddick, 11 sacks last year. Josh Sweat, seven and a half sacks last year. You have a bunch of seven-plus sack guys on this roster. And I didn't even mention Fletcher Cox and Jordan Davis among those two guys who are monsters in the interior. Uh, 
their linebackers, Kazir White, he's pretty good. Nicobe Dean, who I loved uh, coming out of Georgia. TJ Edwards uh, is a solid linebacker as well. In the secondary, now they have uh, Chauncey Gardner. He's one of the best safeties that's a really good slot guy. You can match him up in the slot against these slot corners. Really good tackler. Uh, really rangy and athletic guy. And then at corner, Jamal Bradbury, big, strong corner. Uh, a really good matchup corner for those bigger receivers like a Mike Evans that you might go up against some weekends. And then you have Darius Big Play Slay, who is a very good corner as well. So this Eagles team is loaded. Uh, and if Jalen Hurts can be can give you any sort of competence in the passing game, they will be a dangerous team. They will be able to physically dominate teams, and there will not be teams that are able to physically dominate this Eagles team. Then you get to the Cowboys. You mentioned this, the regression. Listen, Demarcus Lawrence hasn't been healthy in a few years. Trayvon Diggs relied on a anomaly season when she had 11 picks. That probably will not happen again, and it particularly won't happen next year. Uh... And after that, what do they have? They have Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is their only really elite guy that you can consistently count on. And are we going to rely on Micah Parsons to do literally everything? I don't know how that works. Probably. Yeah. I think I think it's that or bust. And I think it's mostly going to be bust for this Dallas Cowboys defense. The offensive line has deteriorated over the years. Uh the weapons are solid with guys like CeeDee Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott. He's getting older. He's getting worse. When is it going to be time for a Tony Pollard to take over? Uh, Mike McCarthy's having to look over his head every second to make sure Dan Quinn and uh, Kellen Mond aren't Kellen Mond, Kellen Moore aren't trying to replace him. So, like, it, it, it's just, like, a lot of chaos going around. I don't see any way the Dallas Cowboys win this division. And Dak is what he is, a borderline top 10 QB. Some people 10 to 15. That's what he is. Uh, for me, the Giants, I like what Brian Dayball's building. I'm higher on Daniel Jones than you. I think he's actually the third best quarterback in this division. I think he's better than Carson Wentz. Uh It'll be interesting to see Saquon Barkley. Can he stay healthy? Kenny Colliday has been a bust. Kadarius Toney, he has not been good as of late. Can they use him as a gadget player? Uh, Wondell Robinson, who they got at Kentucky, how does he look? The offensive line, they've solidified the tackles, bookend tackles. But what about the interior of that offensive line? The defense, I think they're still trying to build something. Kayvon Thibodeau, I don't know if he's going to be ready to go after that knee injury he suffered in the preseason. They still have Aziz Oshalari uh, out of Georgia a few years ago, who's pretty good. Uh, so there's some pieces, but I think those guys need to mature a little bit before we can look at this Giants team being a top 15 defense. I think they're more of a bottom 15 defense. And then you go to the Commanders. The defensive line is fantastic when you look at it. Dorian Payne, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Fedarian Mathis, who I loved coming out of Alabama in the draft process, and Chase Young. But after that, it's really suspect. And then you get to Carson Wentz. He's a turnover-prone guy who's not a great leader uh, and can be inaccurate and erratic consistently. Uh, they have a solid offensive line. It's okay. Not great. Uh, fringe top 15 and the weapons are okay as well. Uh, I don't think we're looking at McLaurin and we're saying he's like a top 12 wide receiver in football. Probably definitely top 20, maybe top 15. Probably not in my opinion. So it's like there's still some pieces there. And I see this team being a 7-8 win team. Uh, and kind of rounding out fourth place in the NFC East. Yeah, and going back to the top, which is what we care about, um, 
I'm looking at Dallas's schedule for a minute. So, NFC East plays the NFC North. However, that first place schedule, Dallas draws Tampa out of the South, which is the only Super Bowl contender in the South, and they draw the Rams out of the West, which is, you know, one of the top two or three teams in the NFC. And their second game of the year, they play Cincinnati. So so they ended up drawing uh, Cincinnati in their AFC crossover game. So they got to go against Brady, Burrow, Rogers, Stafford. First two games of the year, Tampa Bay and Cincinnati. Could be, could be some disgruntled Cowboys fans if they start off 0-2 there. And another thing, too, with the Commanders. Commanders... They do have their defensive line. It's, 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 it's a big year for them to put it together. Last year, only 17th in sacks, and they were the third-worst passing defense as well. So not a lot behind that defensive line. That defensive line really needs to get going. But they got the players for that, but they got to put it together just like they did two years ago. So we're going to take a quick break and then get them next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Me and Kenny are going to give our NFC playoff predictions. Get them next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. With Barbershop Sports Talk, we have Kenny Sim with a scouting expert for 247 Sports as we preview this upcoming NFL season. And now it's time to preview the NFC playoffs. Kenny, who are your seven playoff teams in the NFC? So, playoff teams in the NFC. I got the Packers in the North. I got the Packers at 13 wins being the... Uh, being the best team in the NFC. I then have the Buccaneers in the South, the Rams winning the West, and the Eagles winning the East. And then for the three wild cards, first wild card spot, I got San Francisco still. Second wild card spot, I got Dallas. Don't like that too much, but I do have Dallas um, in that second wild card spot as well. And then for the seventh seed, I got Carolina as a wild card as the seventh seed. And I think there are some openings with Arizona, New Orleans, Minnesota. Would not surprise me if that seventh wild card spot, you get in at eight wins. But I got Carolina as the uh, seventh playoff team. Also knowing that every few years you get, on average, five new teams making the playoffs. Um, I believe I have that. Um, but 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 Carolina's the lone one I have um, that did not make the playoffs last year in the NFC. I have making the playoffs. 
Yeah, so we're pretty similar. I have the Packers being the one seed at 13 wins. Matt LaFleur, 13 wins for like four straight years. What type of air does that put him in if he actually does that? Yeah, I mean, it definitely puts him ahead of George Seifert then, but, I mean, that would be rare air that he would be in. I I want to say the first in, in – uh, I think his winning percentage in the first three years, being a first-time coach in the first three years, I think it's him and George Seifert. <laughs> That's crazy. Who, 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 who took over that San Francisco dynasty. But I think those are the two. But he is in, yeah, I mean, three, three straight years of 13 wins. So for then for me at the two seed, I have the 49ers finishing with 12 wins. I have the Eagles being around 11 to 12 wins as well, winning their division being the three seed, four seed. I have the Buccaneers. I think they're going to take a step back. I think they're going to be 11 to 10 wins. Then after that for my wild cards, Minnesota Vikings, LA Rams, and the New Orleans Saints. Those will be my three wild card teams. And, you know, just missing the cut, I think teams like the Cowboys and Cardinals will be in the hunt all year long. And don't be surprised if Brian Dable and Daniel Jones work some magic and they end up close to being in the hunt at some points during this season as well. Now, Kenny, what is your NFC Championship game looking like? Right, so I'm going to... I'm going here with the... uh... You know, I projected some of these wins, so I'm going with the top two teams, uh, the two best teams I have right now in the NFC. I got Green Bay against um, Green Bay over Tampa. I got Green Bay over Tampa. Again, take a look at some things. Tom Brady, what, over 50%? Of his career, he's in the conference championship. Didn't make it last year, but make it this year. And then Green Bay again. You know, I could see a bounce back seeing how, you know, they get, they really get heavily criticized on the lack of postseason success and, you know, going one and out last year at Lambeau Field. I could see them bouncing back. This is also a team that. They lose Devontae Adams. I don't think it'll be that big of a drop-off when you have Aaron Rodgers with a lot of depth to throw to in the passing game and that defense as well, which was it was pretty good last year, and I think it got better this year too. So between that and, you know, their special teams were just horrid last year, and that was probably the number one reason why they lost to San Francisco. So they got a new special teams coordinator, but if that special teams unit is just average, that's probably a win or two they get as well. So for me, my NFC Championship game is going to be the Packers and the Niners. And I'm going to go with Green Bay winning. Green Bay is going to be in the Super Bowl, Kenny. How about for you? Yeah, so I guess to recap, Final four for both of us in the Super Bowl right now. Um, I have Kansas City over Buffalo and Green Bay over Tampa. So my Super Bowl is, I guess, it's a rematch of Super Bowl one between Kansas City and Green Bay. And I'm going to go with Green Bay here. Rodgers gets his second ring. Mine is going to be Green Bay 
and Buffalo. And I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills winning their first ever Super Bowl championship. And when that happens, I will be back in Buffalo for the parade, folks. Calling his shot. <laughs> I won't be at the Super Bowl. I, I will tell you that. I'm not paying for the Super Bowl tickets. That I will not do. But I will be at the parade in Buffalo with the people. Okay, so you had... Did you have... I remember from that... Uh, Probably did a few days ago. You have Buffalo over. Did you see Buffalo over Cincinnati? Yes. Okay, so we both have Buffalo. We both have Green Bay, and then um, you know di- difference on those other teams. And so then you have you said Buffalo over Green Bay. We both have Green Bay in the Super Bowl, and then I got Green Bay over Kansas City. So fairly close. Yeah, yeah. Kenny, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. All right, thanks, man. This should definitely be one where, you know, there's there's three teams on paper at the top in the NFC and then a lot of question marks at wild card. So that to provide some, you know, some close games and some entertainment here on, on who, um, how actually this conference plays out. And once again, I want to thank Kenny for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode. The 478th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.